from the book world, The Great Escape. I am author CJ Peterson. My co-host, if I point the right direction, yep, is author Michael Scott Clifton. And down below, we have author Savvy Loy with her new release comment that just came out on the 15th. Um, but we'll get to that in just a second. And Mike, how was your week? Well, it was an interesting one. Um, the, uh, the uh, We have a early freeze. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I'm a avid gardener and I have a lot of plants that I have to put inside my greenhouse. And so I spent most of the last two days moving plants into the greenhouse uh, a month early because typically we don't have a freeze until about the middle of November. So that's what I've spent most of <laughs> this week so far doing. And, uh, and this weekend, uh, I'll be at the, uh, Melly and I will be at the Cowtown Comic-Con in, oh, at the Will Rogers Center in Fort Worth. But best of all, we'll be staying with my daughter and son-in-law and our grandson, Jace, which we haven't seen in a couple of months. So we'll be staying with them, Cleburne, which is close to Fort Worth. So we get to kill two birds with one stone. So, you know, meet, meet readers, sell books, and uh, get to hang around with my, uh, my, with my kids and our grandson. Awesome. So do you have anything exciting coming up? Uh, beside the, uh, the, beside the Cowtown Comic-Con. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, next Tuesday, I'll be on the Cursed Dragon Ship, 20 Questions. Ooh, I was just on uh, there last night. She yeah. is sick. So that'll be at 8 o'clock, uh, at 8 o'clock a.m. And... Uh, so I've got those two events to uh, to look forward to, and as well as our weekly uh, world book world broadcast. Awesome. Well, I as I just said, did the whole um, Chris Dragon ship where it's twenty questions with your favorite author last night. It was me and Kelly Lynn Colby, and like I said, she is a kick. It was live on. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah. It will be on YouTube on Friday. Um, so I'll be happy to share that sucker around but it was it was fun she's always a treat um i told her i said i had to describe her to my daughter and i said that i said kelly is like putting red bull in your coffee that's yeah. how she operates and functions a perpetual so, motion machine yes and she's a trip she's she's fine um but yeah it was a great time totally enjoyed it totally would recommend it any authors it's 20 questions with your favorite author put out by curse dragonship and kelly lynn colby who we had on i believe a couple weeks ago is the one who runs it and she is awesome um for uh, me coming up yes texas sisters press is always busy um the annual holiday anthology i have it the new one in my hot little hands right now it's the new release it's coming out november Third, let me verify that date real quick before I. November third at six p.m. Central Time. There is eleven authors. Each author is bringing a giveaway, so you can actually watch, comment, be entered into giveaway, entered in for the giveaway. Each author, like I said, all eleven authors are bringing a prize, as well as a huge family pack grand prize. So it's going to be super fun. November third at six p.m. Central Time. Mark your calendars, and I will share the link later and one of the other podcasts. Um, but yeah, super fun. I love it. It's a great way to kick off the holiday season. I love it. We always have, so far in the last, we've done three. This is our third. We've had a brand new unpublished author in every single one. So totally enjoy it. And then there are some extremely, you know, 
seasoned authors is how we word it. Seasoned authors that are in it too. So <laughs> it's, it's fun. I love it. And it's one of my highlights of the year. I enjoy doing it. So, but other than that, uh, for the con hour, we'll be doing Celtic Christmas weekend for Texas Ren Fest on Thanksgiving weekend. Otherwise our year is done for traveling, but so Miss Savvy Loy, how are you? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Congratulations on your new release, first book. Yes. Well, first published book. I have two completed <laughs> books, but the publisher said we probably need to not touch those yet. So they're sitting on a shelf, but this is my first published work. Yes. Awesome. So you write dystopian fiction. Can you explain to those who are watching what is dystopian fiction? So I'm actually a multi-genre writer. Um, I write across multiple genres. I have a children's book coming out in December that actually the synopsis to it is inside, hidden inside this book, inadvertently did that. But dystopian is one of my favorite to write. And dystopian is basically like an alternate society. Um, something happens catastrophic with the world typically. And so some new world order, new government, new somebody tries to set up a new world in a certain way and you have to follow those guidelines. So it's basically like a different perspective of the world. Okay. And how does that differ from just apocalyptic or is that the same thing? No, it's, it's, you can use any word, either both of those uh, interchangeably. So with dystopian, though, I think you see a lot of difference is the type of dystopian. There could be zombies. There can be, you know, there can be chemical dystopian where it's with the uh, plagues or, you know, chemical warfare. Mine's more modern dystopian or technological dystopian. It's like actual like, oh, wait, this could happen right now, like in the U.S. today. So. Mm -hmm. So what, where did you get your idea? Like, how did you get your idea for this particular book? I had a dream, really. <laughs> I have um, I have very vivid dreams, full color details. And um, I ran a Christian school for 11 years. And I would always say to the kids, guys, I had a dream last night. And they would roll their high school kids. They'd roll their eyes. Oh, Miss Savannah is going to be crazy. And it's always crazy. But this one, I woke up, same thing to my husband. Honey, I had a dream last night. I started telling him about it. He said, babe, that's a book. And I was like, no, it's not a book. He's like, it's a book. So kind of my whole prologue was the dream in fact when you read the prologue that's exactly what happened in my dream pretty much so hmm. so this is your first one how has the first leap into the publishing world been terrifying <laughs> so <laughs> um, when you go into something like this you realize that there's so much you don't know being an mm -hmm. avid reader meant absolutely nothing when it came to being a, an author really so I mean, just from deciding which type of publishing you want to do, because I did with my other book, I tried traditional publishing for over a year and after feeling like, you know, an utter failure, you know, so I just started branching into other, I did courses online to figure out what publishing would be right for me. So once you get into the publishing, that's its own animal. And then there's a curse word called marketing, you know, it starts with the letter M and that's been, that's been its own journey. So it, the, I, I tell everyone. It's yeah. kind of right there with synopsis. They're, they're kind of go hand in hand with the evilness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I pretty much, when everybody asked me, I, what's the hardest part or the easiest part? I said, oh, the writing. The, the writing hands down right. was the easiest part of this entire process, for sure. So okay, if you're making stuff up, of course, it's the easiest part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Exactly. Mike? Oh, so uh, Savvy, so you're, this is your first book. 
and you kind of described a little bit about your journey there. So if there are any aspiring authors out there, uh, any thinking about jumping in or are trying to get their own book published, what are some things that you learned, a few tidbits that you learned that you wish you had known prior to getting your first book published? So I wish, honestly, I would have done a little bit more research on exactly what you need to be successful, because I think there's being a published author, no matter how far it takes you, I feel like is a huge accomplishment. And there's easy way. And I feel like there's levels of publishing. There's, hey, I published a book or, hey, I'm publishing a book and I'm trying to sell it to lots of people. And so I wish I would have done a little bit more research about what my what my goal in mind to be as an author what it, all the steps it would take to get there. Cause I am hard work is fine, but I wish I would have studied a little bit more on exactly what it would require from me. And then I would say that what I should have done is I should have gotten me a few people outside of my family that could be arc readers or beta readers that could help mm -hmm. me with editing. Cause even though I paid for an editing team and I edited over and over and over, there were still so many mistakes that came out with that first draft, like when it was like live and I ordered books and realized, wait, there's mistakes in here that people were catching. So it should have just, I wish I would have found a few people who were experienced in this process that could have done some beta reading for me because <laughs> mm -hmm. I just read what should be there. I don't catch everything after 10 times of reading the same book. I just know what should be there in my head. And so I don't see the little mistakes. Right. Yeah. We've, I belong to a critique group that has six members in it. And I know exactly what you're talking about. If, if you don't have a different set of eyes, ones that are not intimately connected to you like family and friends, because you can read the same paragraph, the same sentence, the same chapter a, a dozen times, and your mind is plugging in words that either are missing or shouldn't be there. And you're, mm -hmm. it's, you're, it's like a self-fulfilling thing. So yeah, that's, that's pretty good advice. And I, I think that's, you know, that's very important. Get somebody else to look at your work that is, you know, unvarnished. And I think, too, going back to what CJ said about having a thick skin, you definitely do have to have a thick skin as an author, whether you've written one book or a dozen or a thousand, because you're never going to be perfect and you have to be able to take constructive criticism when it um, when it comes to your work. And uh, I learned that the hard way. But any, but that lesson was 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 well learned. You know, take take constructive criticism as the word indicates. It's constructive. Absolutely. I know one thing I've learned over the years is I have what's called voice dream reader, and so to alleviate what Mike was talking about about how your mind puts a word in there, I literally follow along as the reader reads it to me, and so mm -hmm. sometimes I will inadvertently flip two letters within the word. And so it sounds funny and it's like, wait, wait, what was that? And so I have to go back and fix it. And that allows me, like I have the word document and I have the reader going at the same time and I'm following it along on both. And that allows me to visually do that. Plus another thing we do is my husband and I read through it. I will read it out mm -hmm. loud and he will read it with me so we can check the flow. And then we send it to a copywriter and a content editor separately. Mm -hmm. And then I redo those other two processes over again. So it is thoroughly scrubbed before it even gets up there. And yeah. you have to have a brutal editor. Like mine, she's like, she's talking over my shoulder. Like, why did you do that? Or like that, that doesn't even exist yet. You need to go with my historical, the time travel one. Like that, that doesn't exist yet. You need to check that, you know, <laughs> or 
if you can find a brutal editor, it's better if you find a brutal editor as opposed to reviewers telling you that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, that's what I tell my publisher is that I don't care if it's one mistake. If we know it's there, it needs to be fixed. I don't want to put, because I've seen readers up in an uproar over grammatical mistakes or spelling mistakes. I'm like, no, we need to make sure the content is exactly what it needs to be before readers spend money on right. it. So right. that's key to me. Yeah. And, was, copy and content editing are two different things. Different. The copy yep. is, is my famous thing that I am kind of infamous for is the word that. So I've learned that over the years. So I will go through after the document is done and I will put that in the search engine and I will literally go through each and every single one. And if I can pull it out of that sentence, I pull it out. So <laughs> learn your habits. And then content editing is, is the person's hair blonde, you know, then in the beginning and is it still blonde in the end, unless they colored it, is it still blonde in the end? And yeah. that's, you know, that's the difference. And, and I would, I would say that uh, regardless of how you get your book vetted, whether it's with a family member, a critique crew, professional editing, the thing that I've, uh, that I have learned again, in not, not so easy way is that the author's voice, what your voice is, mm -hmm. is, uh, is unique to you. Mm -hmm. And so different people have come from things from different perspectives, including content editors. And mm -hmm. you should never let your voice be, uh, if it's the, if it looks, sounds and reads the way you want it to, then, then that's the way it needs to be because that is your voice. And mm -hmm. one of the things, uh, when I joined, uh, writers organization years ago, uh, one of the founding members was Jory Sherman who's been passed away uh, for a number of years now, but he was a famous uh, Western writer. He'd won lots of awards and he actually wrote a number of books on writing and editing. But one of the things he said, which was passed down to me, the uh, uh, some of the other members was this, uh, you know, it's your story. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to make mistake. It's okay. Uh, if you know the rules, it's okay to break the rules. Mm -hmm. So if you know the rules, it's okay to break the rules. So if you've got a passive word or if you've got something that's a gerund or you've got a, uh, you know, a, a, a sort of slang that sounds differently than what other people say it should be. And I'm using, you know, examples, then that's the way it is. Uh, mm -hmm. If you know the rules, it's okay to break the rules, especially if it's related to your voice as an author. Yeah, you have full creative license. Your editors yeah. or critique people or whatever can suggest something, but it's your name that's on that book. Right. And I've, I'm just saying that, Savvy, because when you start out as a as an author, you know, it's almost like, because this is the way it was with me and it could be different with you and maybe it was different with CJ, but you slavishly follow what others have told you to do because you feel they must know better than I do. And they probably do 95% of the time, maybe even 99% of the time. But as you, as you become experienced and you grow as an author, you'll find that there are things that you want that's mm -hmm. part of your story that don't need to be changed just because somebody else thinks differently. You're, you're right. We, my, I had a really amazing content editor and there was a lot of things that he said that made me reevaluate, not necessarily change, but reevaluate, maybe rework the way that I did it. But there was one particular little snippet 
where they find um, a dog covered in mud. And I described the dog as being covered in mud and fleas because he's been abandoned in this city. And the little girl runs up to it. She wants to keep it, kisses on the head. And he said, I think you should take that out. He said, that's disgusting. And I said, really? You don't think a little girl who hasn't seen a dog in nine years wouldn't be overjoyed and wouldn't just instinctively kiss it on the head? And I said, with respect. I mean, you don't think that's believable? And he said, I went back and read it. And second thunk, you convinced me. I think she would. So I kept it in the story. So I, 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 but you're right. I was like, okay, here's the professional. How do I disagree with him when I'm a new author? So I, I had to try to think about the fact that no, I, I feel like she would hundred percent do this. So we kept it in the story. So one thing to do is Good. to find an author or two or three or whatever to be like a mentor. Mentors help. Um, I have a few authors, friends of mine who I consider mentors and they will come behind me. If I have any questions, they'll be like, yeah, you can probably leave that there or maybe want to consider a different route. How about this instead? You know, so if you have an author to bounce ideas off, it's different than the actual, um, like a publisher and this from a publisher perspective, because I can tell my author stuff and they may not follow it, but my name's not on there. However, it's something questionable. Our brand is on there. So we'll back it. Just put that just <laughs> out there. So, you know, you are the author. You had the final say. That is your book, baby. That's yours. You know, so whatever it is, whether it was a dream, whether it was something that happened, whether it was a song or something, whatever triggered that storyline in your brain, that's your story. There are basically seven storylines in the world. And each author has a different perspective that brings it. They can tell the different storylines. Um, Mike and I were part of the underground authors. We did an anthology under the sea and all we were given was this picture. And there were 12 authors. Mike. Uh, I think yes, because I think I was the 12th. <laughs> okay. There were 12 yeah. different authors. And with just this one picture of a boat on the shore, there were 12 completely mm -hmm. different stories mm -hmm. that came out of that. So your perspective and what you have gone through in your life and what's in your imagination is something completely different from anybody else's. Right. Don't let anybody ever take your voice. Um, I tell people, I'm not in the box. I'm not out of the box. I have kicked the box to the curb and burned it. So <laughs> you know, that, that's how I roll. Yeah. And I'm a pantser when it comes to writing. So, you know, it's whatever I feel the story needs is what goes into it. But I would say, you know, you made the comment about uh, that you were an avid reader and you didn't feel like that it really helped you much as an author. I would tend to disagree just a bit in the sense that um, as a reader, and we're all, I think every single author was an avid reader first. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. But you do get a sense of what you like and what you don't like and what you like to read and what you don't like to read. And I think by, I do think your, your background as an avid reader particularly if you uh, have read outside of just one genre, but, you know, maybe several different genres interest you. I do think it helps to prepare you to a, to an extent as a writer, because again, you're reading something and you're reading it aloud or you're, as, as CJ was saying, you know, uh, you know, back to each, you know, reading it to, to uh, Trevor or, or back. I think that that does help to prepare you as an author because you know what sounds right and you know how what doesn't sound uh, maybe a little janky to you 
but you do know what you like in terms of the things that you read. Mm -hmm. And I do think that ought to be reflected somewhat in your writing. Uh, I think although, reading helps me be a writer. I just don't think it helped me tackle the beast of publication and marketing. Well, I had no yes. idea what this okay. world was yeah. like. So yeah. that's good, that's good what I meant point. by that. Yeah, I just, I mean, I didn't even know this side. I mean, I knew people have people who help them get books out there and, you know, you've got to put yourself out there. But I had no idea. I mean, I wasn't even on Facebook as of January of this year. I had mm. no idea. Like my, I have a marketing lady, uh, Katie Cryer and company. They're helping me with my marketing. And she's like, she's like bringing me statistical reports and algorithms. And I'm like, oh, I thought social media was just like icons on a thing that people talk about their food. Like she's bringing me all of these dates and updates and she, this algorithm. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? It's just, it's so, it was so unknown to me. Reading books and getting escaped in my world didn't prepare me for any of that side of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, well and go ahead. So this is your first dystopian novel. Is it a series or is it a standalone? No, it'll be a series. Have so you got in your, got, go ahead. I was just going to, have you got sort of an idea of how many books your series is going to encompass or have you not reached that point yet? No, I'm pretty sure it'll be three. I, when I started it, um, I had a pretty good idea that it was going to have to be more than one just because how much I have that I want to accomplish with, with this, with these characters. Um, so I already had a pretty good idea and I knew so weird. I had the, I had the prologue and I had the ending. I knew exactly how it was going to end. I didn't know what was going to happen between the pages, but I had the prologue in my dream and I woke, woke up and knew how I wanted it to end. And it was going to end with a pretty um, mm. big cliffhanger, which I know a lot mm. of people hate that, but I knew there would at least be a book too to wrap that up. But I feel like, with where I want to go with it, there for sure will have to be a book three. And sounds, I, I don't think it'll be more than three. So. Sounds like a pantser, CJ. Mm, she does. <laughs> I, I cringe when people say that they don't like cliffhangers. And I'm just like, I don't understand that. Because if you're watching a show or something, how many shows and movies with the cliffhanger? There's a reason for that. There's a reason that they're numbered that way. It's like because like that brings anticipation, and some people are like, "Well, it needs to stand by itself completely and utterly." And I'm like, mm, "No, I don't think so. It's it can be an ongoing." So when story. I wrote my book, when I wrote my book through the whole process, January to whatever, I I wasn't on the media, I wasn't really involved in it, reading book like seeing getting with the book people, and then after my book was done and with the editing, and I was just waiting around for all of that, I started getting more involved in book clubs, and I would read comment. Oh, I hate cliffhangers. Oh, don't do this to the main character. And the whole time I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay, <laughs> that's everything I've done in my book. I purposely ended every chapter with a cliffhanger. Like, I want you to want to turn to the next page and go, well, let me finish it. So I was like, maybe I did this wrong because these are a lot of people who say they don't like that. No, so no. Now, there are some people who know me well enough by now to know to wait till the entire series comes out before they buy it because that's the way I write them. I write them as a cliffhanger because it's not any different than any movies that you've seen where it's like a trilogy. For example, The Hunger Games. I mean, how many cliffhangers were that? Twilight. How many cliffhangers were in that? And so it's like, I don't understand that theory. I mean, my daughter and I are watching Grey's Anatomy right now. Talk about cliffhanger horror. <laughs> I mean, it is at the end of each season. It's like, are you kidding me? This is how, you, how do these people survive the entire summer without the rest of this storyline? 
And Listen, so my husband's a nurse and his, his, his soap opera candy is Grey's Anatomy. And I tell him, I'm like, you know, you're watching a soap opera. He's like, no, I'm not. I said, it's a medical soap opera. Yes, it is. <laughs> he loves it because they're pretty, they're pretty accurate. He, he, he cringes when he watches shows that have medical inaccuracies because he's a nurse. And so he's like, Oh, that's not right. That's not right. So he says that they're just the most accurate medical show he's ever watched. So he loves it. <laughs> my husband's wow. a retired Navy corpsman. So, and he retired mm -hmm. as, as a, um, physician's assistant equivalent and so yeah he'll watch i'm like that's right i'm like no that's not he goes but he loves the show and so he'll watch it all the time but we just finished like season six we just started season seven today and it is like i don't understand how they did these weeks to week it's like we can binge it and so when you're yeah. watching like that's like why can't we end books on cliffhangers why can't we end chapters on hangers i mean that that's what brings you to want to watch the next show that comes out if each one was wrapped up completely in each show it would drive you crazy i've read well, where uh, ahead, sorry i've read where the logic is that people that do the marketing say it makes readers mad mm -hmm. uh, when mm -hmm. you have intense cliffhangers because you don't ha unless it's a series as you've said cj and you've got all your books published oh yeah uh, if because, it's a standalone, the story is yeah. inclusive within the pages of the book yeah. and the covers completely. But if it's a series, but if you're yeah. satisfied after, if you're satisfied after reading a book, that's a part of a series, mm -hmm. and you're left with the satisfaction at the end of the book. And I'm, what I'm I'm not talking about satisfaction in terms of you enjoyed the story, but in terms of like there's some completion there. There's really no incentive to get the next book, or there's not a lot of incentive to get exactly. the next book. So, but I've read, I have read, where they, uh, you know, marketing experts have said, well, readers get mad if you if you have a cliffhanger at the end of a book, but I think that really applies only to those kinds of series that are not complete. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, but yeah. I I like it. I like cliffhangers. I've learned to have it out within at least three months of the last book. If there's a cliffhanger. So they know it's coming. Um, anything more than that. And that's just mean, but think about this. If people are mad about a cliffhanger, they're going to talk about it on social media. <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. 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 Just saying, oh. just putting it out there. Yeah. And then but that's what you want. <laughs> we have just a few minutes left. Um, yeah, we're almost at the end of the time already. Ms. Savvy, is there like one golden nugget that you would pass to somebody who's considering writing a dystopian fiction novel? Yeah, I would say that. Go for it. I mean, it's dystopian is fun. There's so much you can do. I mean, it's it's a new world, though. There's really no limits to it. Um, and then I would just say just trust yourself. That's something I'm still trying to learn. And if I could pass it on to anybody really writing, but especially with dystopian, um, there's a lot of people second guessing things and ideas that I had, but just stick to your guns and, and go for it and enjoy yourself and have fun. Cause it's a really, it's a really fun genre to write. Well, your book reset, let me know when you can see it. Reset is just launched on the 15th. You can find that on Amazon. So we have that one. And also, if you're looking for her online, you can find her at authorsavvyloy.com, A-U-T-H-O-R-S-A-V-Y-L-O-Y.com. And I have learned that her handle is at Savvy Loy. So <laughs> you can find her online anywhere. Um, in the meantime, next week, we're going to be talking about how to do book reviews. Each month, we tend to do a book review, Mike and I do. But we're going to show you how to do it. 
what are the elements that you do it? Where do you post it? How can you post it? And I will actually be posting up a review through. So you can kind of figure out how it is, what it is, because those are presents to authors and you want to be able to, you know, appreciate your author because there are days where we reach and it's like, I have certain reviews set aside for those days where I feel like, why am I even doing this? And those reviews will help you carry through because you know you're reaching somebody's heart and that's that's what you write for. So, well, thank you, Savvy, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, we'll catch you all next Wednesday at one o'clock p.m. Central Time, same place you found us today, either Facebook or YouTube. Um, so until next time, have a good one and we'll see you then. <laughs>